You're listening to Comedy Central. March 2nd, 2020. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Our guest tonight is an actor from The Vampire Diaries. Her new film is called Run This Town. Nina Dobrev is joining us, everybody. Also on tonight's show, Joe Biden gets his groove back. America's longest war might be coming to an end, and the coronavirus is right behind you. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with coffee. It's the drink you have when you're sleepy so you can poop yourself awake. (laughs) But one coffee company is in trouble for how they get that coffee to you. The famous pitch man for a coffee giant, George Clooney, is speaking out after that company was linked to a child labor scandal. As Nespresso's brand ambassador, George Clooney has been the face of the company. Now he's using his voice to say he's surprised and saddened by child labor allegations raised against suppliers to the coffee maker. Clooney is already responding, saying that progress has been made, but clearly this board and this company still have work to do, and that work will be done. Yes, Nespresso has been accused of using child labor to make their coffee, which is disappointing, but also not shocking. I mean, why else would those cups be so tiny? I mean, (laughs) those aren't being made by adults. (laughs) And I'll be honest, this story really made me angry because I hate child labor. One, because it exploits children, and two, because if a kid messes up on the job, you can't get mad at them. Yeah, you're gonna look like an asshole. There's no accountability. Yeah, the kid is just like, I was supposed to do a liver transplant, but instead by mistakes, I took your kidney. And then you just have to be like, what? Uh, I guess you did your best, okay. All right, Dr. Kid. And by the way, it's funny how the news seems to care more about what George Clooney has to say about the scandal than the actual CEO of Nespresso, right? Because like George Clooney said this like, yeah, where's the boss of Nespresso? It would be like if we found out that McDonald's was serving poisoned beef and the CEO was like, let me explain. You're like, shut up, where's Ronald? We want to talk to Ronald. <laughs> All right, moving on to some good news from Afghanistan, a phrase no one has ever said. <laughs> America's never ending war with the Taliban might finally be coming to an end. America's longest running war could finally come to an end. Over the weekend, the United States signed a deal with the Taliban to end the nearly two-decade conflict that gripped Afghanistan in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks and the subsequent U.S. invasion of the country. The agreement lays out a timetable for the full withdrawal of U.S. and coalition troops from Afghanistan within 14 months. In exchange, the Taliban agreed that it would not allow Afghan territory to be used by any groups or individuals to plot future attacks against the United States and its allies. This is a big deal. The United States and the Taliban might have a deal. And this is huge. Besides Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, this might be the biggest peace agreement of the century. It's huge. And after 20 years and $2 trillion, you have to admit that's a lot of lowered expectations. No, because America went into Afghanistan like, we're taking out the Taliban and bringing in Western democracy no matter how long it takes. And now America's like, "Uh, we're gonna leave. Just like, don't do another 9-11, okay? (laughs) 
Now, the deal hasn't been concluded yet because there are still some things that need to be worked out, which makes sense. Because if you think about it, these two countries have been entwined in a 20-year relationship, right? And we all know it's hard to walk away when you've spent that much time together. So, America, let me, let me give you some relationship tips. <laughs> First of all, America, let me just say I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> you've realized that you're in a toxic relationship with Afghanistan and, and you're ready to get out. Now, I want to warn you, for a while, there's, there's gonna be a part of you that wants to go back and bomb them in the middle of the night, but you stay strong. And you remember, no matter what you think now, there are plenty of other Middle Eastern countries out there for you. And finally, in some local news close to my heart, New York City is saying farewell to one of its oldest residents. New York City is hanging it up, removing the last remaining payphones from the streets. City workers will remove 30 payphones in Hell's Kitchen alone by the end of March, then rip out about 3,000 more payphones across the five boroughs. Did you know there were that many left? Yeah, this is a sad day for New Yorkers. After so many decades, soon we will no longer have the payphone, which means we'll have to find somewhere else to get hepatitis. And... <laughs> And look, I know, I know we don't need payphones anymore, but they were such a big part of the landscape for so long. You know, you, you could count on them if you locked yourself out of your apartment or, or if you needed to call the mafia. And, <laughs> and also like, like Superman, you know, like payphones. It was cool when he changed in a phone booth. Those are things that are gone. Although actually, now that I think about it, he didn't have to use that. He could have just flown home and changed. <laughs> now that I think about it, I feel like Superman was just like a secret exhibitionist, you know? He was... <laughs> Yeah, he was just changing in the phone booth because he got excited that someone might catch him. He's just, you know, he's just like, oh no, you, you saw me naked. Oh, oh man, now you're gonna tell everyone, big dick Superman. <laughs> I hope they don't call me that. He's like, get out of here, Superman, you pervert. Okay, okay, I go, I've gotta go and save a bunch of kids making tiny coffee cups. <laughs> One last look, okay, gotta go. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on, top, top story. The Democratic primary campaign. It's like love is blind, but for democracy. And because the last few days saw some major changes in the race, let's catch up on the latest developments in another installment of World War D. All right, let's start off with the major news from Saturday. It was a very important day for former Vice President Joe Biden. And not just because he launched his new line of dentures called Joe Biden's, <laughs> strong enough to chew right through malarkey. <laughs> no, this Saturday was the South Carolina primary where Biden desperately needed a victory. And boy, did he get it. Biden's big win. Joe Biden gets the landslide victory he needed in South Carolina. Joe Biden trounced Bernie Sanders in that race to give his campaign more momentum going into Super Tuesday. Biden and Sanders are really neck and neck in several of these states. Just days ago, the press and the pundits declared my candidacy dead. Now, thanks to the heart of the Democratic Party in South Carolina, I'm very much alive. Yes, Joe Biden is very much alive, which isn't something candidates usually need to remind people, but, but that's still okay. It's a great campaign slogan. Take it, man, just take it. But, but yes, thanks to the overwhelming support of black voters, Biden isn't just in the race, he's back to being the favorite, which is an amazing turnaround. 
You know, but that's, that's black people for you, man. Black people can make anything popular again. Like, think about it. Before black people, Biden was losing. And then black people came in, and now he's back on top. Before black people, everyone was focused on boobs. And then, and then black people came in like, how about butts? <laughs> and then everyone was like, oh yeah, butts, yeah. Now, Joe Biden's win in South Carolina was so commanding that it didn't just put him ahead in the polls. It got three other candidates to drop out of the race. The moderate wing of this party seems to be moving at a pretty quick pace, right, to, to, to all uh, unite around Joe Biden. Amy Klobuchar announcing today she will drop out along with Pete Buttigieg and Tom Steyer over the weekend. Both Buttigieg and Klobuchar are now expected to endorse former Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah, that's right. First, Tom Steyer dropped out. Then, Pete Buttigieg ended his historic run as the first openly robot candidate. <laughs> And we all know that once a gay guy sets a trend, white women aren't gonna be far behind. So then Klobuchar <laughs> dropped out too. So... So if you're Joe Biden, these past few days are some of the best of your life. Think about it. For Biden, he's made the ultimate comeback. Your opponents aren't just dropping out, they're also endorsing you. And to top it all off, Joe Biden's are now the number two dentures on Amazon. Yeah, right behind the Donald Trumps. Best in the United States. But don't forget, things might be looking up for Biden, but it doesn't mean it's a done deal, right? He still has opponents in this race. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and billionaire in a booster seat, Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> but the most difficult opponent Joe Biden still has to overcome is himself. Biden in a good position, but his campaign is still plagued by more gaffes. All right, Chuck, thank you very much. Uh, all right, uh, it's Chris, I but mean, anyway. Chris. I just did Chris. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back to back. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Yo, this is not good. Just in the past 24 hours. Joe has gaffed everything from the name of a TV anchor he was talking to to the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and the name thing on its own is bad because interviews are, are sort of like sex. It doesn't matter how well it goes. If you call the person the wrong name at the end, the whole thing is ruined. <laughs> I don't know why Biden is still bothering. Like, this is why, like, my life hack, my life hack is that I just stay away from people's names, right? I just call everybody buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that way I can never mess up. Just like, hey, buddy. Great seeing you, buddy. Yeah, and then they're like, stop calling me buddy, I'm your mother. And I'm like, you got it, chief. <laughs> it just helps you out. But that, that's just a name, that's a name. Messing up a famous quote from American history, like, it's a little worse. It's a little worse than some reporter, you know? You, people notice. That's one small step for man, one medium coffee, no sugar. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, Trevor, if Joe Biden debates Trump, it's gonna be a disaster for the Democrats because Trump is gonna eat him up. But when you think about it, it might not be so bad. Yeah, because Trump is the one person who won't know when Joe has messed up. <laughs> yeah. Joe... Joe will be on that debate stage with Trump like, all men are created, um, uh, you, uh, you know the thing. And then Trump will be like, that's right, we all know the thing. <laughs> it was a big thing, the biggest thing. 
Nobody knows things better than me. Great point, Joe Biden. And he'll be like, thanks, buddy. We'll be right back. Let's talk about the coronavirus. According to WebMD, you already have it. <laughs> now, every day, we learn more about how this virus is affecting the world. So let's check in on the latest coronavirus news in our ongoing segment, Is This How We Die? <laughs> Last week, we learned that coronavirus has been making its way through Europe, like a trust fund kid on a gap year. And after throwing Italy into chaos, the next stop on the trip is Paris. Uh, big changes in France today. The number of cases there has nearly doubled to 100. Uh, the government there really taking some pretty extreme measures. The French government banned indoor public gatherings of more than 5,000 people. That led to the Louvre Museum shutting down. The health minister advising people not to kiss or shake hands when meeting, as President Macron did days ago with Italy's leader. Oh, come on, Macron! Are you serious? Italy's got corona and you're kissing their prime minister? And it's not just one kiss, it's three. That's three chances to get sick. Yeah, you're just like healthy, mwah, healthy, mwah, dead, mwah. <laughs> and that's right. This situation is getting so serious that French people have been told not to kiss each other hello, which must be hard. That's like such an ingrained part of their culture. You know, it's like telling New Yorkers not to jack off on the subway. That's how we say <laughs> hello. <laughs> but these protocols make sense, right? Greeting people with physical contact is not a good idea right now. And black people are the only people who are really prepared for this. You know, everyone else is like shaking hands with you, but black people, like, we have many different ways to greet each other. You know, we've got the distant head nod, you know, just like that whole thing, <laughs> yeah? You know, you just, you, you look sick, stay over there, you know? <laughs> and even when black people shake hands, it's so complicated that by the end of it, the virus is like, yo, you lost me on the second. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get that part, that, yeah, you, you, you got me. I don't, I don't know what, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> now, while France is only beginning to grapple with how to contain the outbreak, Korea is showing the world how it's done. Outside of China, South Korea has the most coronavirus cases. They've come up with a new innovative way to test for the virus in the form of a drive-through. This is a free service that the city of Gyeong is offering anybody. I just took the test, actually. Vehicles come through here, and you get a questionnaire, you get your hands sanitized, and then you go through a number of stations here. Damn, Korea is advanced. They've got drive-through testing? <laughs> And apparently, using this, they have screened more than 100,000 people for coronavirus, which is impressive. And probably the first time people going through a drive-thru are getting healthier. <laughs> but also, why isn't America doing this? Right? This is the land of the drive-thru. Yeah, drive-thru fast food, drive-thru banks, drive-thru liquor stores. I mean, when I'm in a rush, I go to a drive-thru therapist, you know? Just like, <laughs> stop being sad, thank you, goodbye! <laughs> And look, whether it's drive-thrus or something else, America needs to figure out how it's going to deal with this pandemic because it turns out not only is coronavirus here in the US, apparently it's been here for a while. 
Over the weekend, health officials announced new infections in Washington State, Oregon, California, Illinois, New York, Florida, and Rhode Island. A state of emergency issued in Washington State where 13 patients have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Researchers in Washington telling ABC News their analysis of samples of the virus strongly suggests it's been spreading in this state for the past six weeks. Yeah, that's right, people. There's a chance coronavirus has been in America for weeks and nobody realized it. Yeah. It's like at the end of a sports movie where the coach is like, guys, what you've been looking for has been right here all along. <laughs> See, the virus is in your lungs. You shouldn't be playing basketball. You should be at the hospital. <laughs> but this is really scary. And so for more on this health crisis and America's response, we turn to our senior medical correspondent, Roy Wood Jr., everybody. <laughs> I gotta say, Roy, this virus has everyone so stressed out. I mean, I'm keeping this can of disinfectant around to spray on everything. What, what else can we do to stay safe? Stop, stop, stop with that. First of all, Trevor, don't panic. The most important thing to do is wash your hands. Just wash your hands and don't rush. You gotta wash them for at least the length of one verse of a Cardi B song. <laughs> yeah, I wash their back, then wash their front, girl. I make healthy moves. <laughs> and another thing. Don't touch your face, because you can make yourself sick. And if you are sick, remember to stay... <coughs> stay at home. <coughs> what, what? What? Did you just corona cough in my face? Oh. I'm coughing your face. Man, I just had some peanuts a minute ago. They stuck in my throat. <laughs> okay, I'm... Because I'm, I'm watching you, Roy. Don't, don't make me sick. I'm good, man. Come on. As I was saying, it's important not to panic. Check on your elderly neighbors. Make sure... <clears throat> There's no need for concern. What you need to... <laughs> <laughs> ah, Corona! Corona! No, it's Peter! It's Peter! Get out of here! What would you do, everybody? We'll be right back. Ah! <laughs> My guest tonight is an actor who plays a political aide to embattled Toronto Mayor Rob Ford in the new film, Run This Town. Please welcome Nina Dobrev. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome. I like this. I like this a lot. You just, like, do you just walk around with the hand sanitizer? I mean, I was watching your, your segment and I thought, you can't be too safe. You can't, you can't be too careful right now. Yeah. What's mm -hmm. interesting is you just came from South Africa where we don't have the coronavirus right now. I left the only safe place on yeah. the planet. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. And then I, like, I came to America and now my friends from back home, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, who's got viruses now? <laughs> 
So welcome back from your whirlwind. I, I don't even know how you're here. I don't know how you're awake. You've been in South Africa shooting a movie. You've been there for how long now? Uh, I was there since the mid-January, probably. Right, so and you seem like, from your Instagram, it seems like you've been having the time of your life. It feels like I haven't been on set at all. I've just been traveling and playing with animals, and, and it's, it's, I love where you're from so much. I might right. move there. I might, we might have to switch places, and I'm, I'm gonna become a resident. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, And you visit my mom and tell her everything is good. Exactly. And, and yeah, <laughs> no, this is a great deal, this is a great deal. Um, then, you, then you flew out to London, you flew out to Paris. You, you've been, like, on it. Then you started, like, following the coronavirus around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now you're sure. back in the U.S. I might be the, the yeah, I might be the one spreading it. Actually. <laughs> no, 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 so no, because you're behind it. I can vouch for you. You're behind it. It was <laughs> there before cool. you. Um, but you're back, and you're here to talk about uh, a new film that you're in, um, predominantly about Rob Ford, yes. uh, uh, the mayor from Toronto, really controversial figure. And this is this is a fascinating story because he was he was he was a figure that was larger than life, mm. and he he was really you know I mean a lot of people would say like he was a bad man, but it seemed like people treated him more like a joke. Than, than as a problem and as a politician. Tell us a little bit about the story and, and why you chose to be a part of this film. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm Canadian and uh, the film is about politician Rob Ford, like you pointed out. And he was, I thought it was an important story to tell, mainly because in a way he was like a precursor. He was like foreshadowing what was about to happen below America's hat, is that what it's called? Right. Yeah, we're the hat, right? You, you think he was a foreshadow to Trump? Well, in a way, yeah. I mean, he, everyone thought he was entertaining and hilarious and weird and they didn't take him seriously and mm -hmm. yet he did all these things. And um, I, I don't know, I just feel like we sh it was like a warning that nobody really listened to. Right. And it's, it's like a cautionary tale that we just need to be more aware of, especially now going into the next election. It, it really is interesting because he was larger than life. He was charismatic in his own way. He was funny. He mm -hmm. knew how to spin the news. And you play an interesting character who is one of the people affected by Rob Ford, um, a character who's based on a real-life person. Mm -hmm. Because Rob Ford had women who worked in his campaign, and he was accused of saying horrible things to them, doing ho horrible things to them. Your character plays one of these women who is almost forced to work in this environment because she can't find a job. When you're, when you're preparing for this role, there are so many things that are going through your mind. How do you inform yourself about how this character is going to be played? Well, I mean, I did my research as much as I could, and yes, she's loosely based on the, a real person, mm -hmm. but in general, I mean, so many people are going to school and getting all these amazing degrees and studying so hard, and then they can't find work in their area of expertise. Yeah. And in her case, she worked for Rob Ford, and she didn't really have an, like she 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 was in a she was between a rock and a hard place essentially. She wanted to do what was right, but she needed to make money, and she had she felt like she had to be in the situation where she was being harassed in the workplace, mm -hmm. and that conversation obviously has been highlighted and it's changing slowly. But this woman in real life, she, I mean, she stood up for herself and left the situation and didn't want to take this abuse anymore. And she was, in a way, a bit of a pioneer for the movement that happened many years later. It's, it's, it's a powerful story. You, you, you play the character well. If, if, you yeah. are, if you're looking at a story like this, some people may gravitate towards like, the sadness of the story. I can't believe this happened. This is so sad. But there is, there is a triumph in it. What, what would you say that is for you? I think that the people... I mean, 
hopefully we can just get everyone that is voting right now. I mean, the, tomorrow is the big day, right? Right. Super oh. Thursday. Yes. Yeah, super Thursday. As, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anything, like whatever your opinion is, whatever you believe in, just get out there and actually vote. Like we need every election is just as important as the next. And so I think that we have we all have voices and we all have opinions and we're entitled to them. And as long as people go out and, and believe in what they believe in and fight for it, then that's like, we just need to get to the polls. Get to the polls. Thank you so much for being on the show. Beautiful performance. And say hi to my mom. Run this town. We'll be in theaters and on demand March 6th. Nina Dobrev, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.